Welcome into Sports Betting Daily. How are we on a Wednesday? What's going on? It is the 17th, August 17th. 2022. Welcome into the show. It is Concept Wednesday, a little bit more advanced concepts. And uh, we're going to elaborate on what we started yesterday, sample size. We'll talk a little sample size. We'll also talk a little Yankees baseball. Got about a month and a half left in the uh, baseball season, getting ready for the playoffs. We'll talk some playoff runs here in the next uh, month or so. But uh, Yankees, we'll talk about them. And uh, should they be concerned? Should they be a bet on team soon? But it's Wednesday. What's going on? It's hump day. And uh, as a matter of fact, look, I got a little issue with the whole hump day thing. Shouldn't hump day be Thursday? Because, look, I know if you look at a calendar, the week starts on Sunday, ends on Saturday, technically. So, like, Wednesday would be the middle day. But for most people, for, like, for most Americans, the week starts on Monday and it ends on Sunday, right? So wouldn't that make Thursday hump day? Right? I mean, unless you just go by the... What is it? The, the Is this Gregorian? I don't know anymore. I don't know what these calendars are called. The Gregorian. Uh, is that what it is? The Gregorian calendar is the calendar we currently use. Yeah, look at that. Look at me. Look at that. It's the Gregorian calendar. Okay, well, that does it for today's show. Thanks so much for listening. And, uh... No, I'm just kidding. What's happening, people? What's happening, peeps? My sports betting peeps on today's show, Concept Wednesday. We're going to talk sample size and some Yankees. Let's get it going. Uh, let's recap what we talked about yesterday with sample size. Um, sample size is generally underestimated, right? When you ask people sample size, they greatly underestimate how much data you need to accurately project uh, anything, okay? We talked about pharmaceutical companies yesterday, how... They need a certain amount of people in, in the general population to take place in studies. Okay, If you're going to do food testing, you need a certain amount of people to say this is good, bad, before it hits the shelves. Well, in the NFL, you need a certain amount of games to say how good is this team. Now, if you were to ask the average NFL fan how many teams, they would say maybe a half season, maybe a season at most. If you ask a mathematician how many games, they may say 50, 60 games, which is, you know, on the low end, about three seasons. So... Really, the, the, the paradox of sample size in sports like the NFL and college football is we never really know intrinsically how good any given team is. But that doesn't matter because it's not like the sports books know and we don't know. We're all working with the same information here. So as long as we know how to price what's out there, we can still profitably bet these sports, right? A lot of people may say that, well, wait, Tyler, if you don't know exactly how good these teams are, why are you betting on these teams? And the answer is because no one does. So if we're all working with the same info here, it's a wash. Uh, so we talked about that on yesterday's show, and the NFL is different. Okay, the NFL and college football do fall into a different category. Hockey's not like this. Basketball's certainly not like this. Baseball's absolutely. You trust me. You get enough sample size in baseball, right? But but football is it, it, it falls into this category of being difficult to predict. And the reason why sample size matters is because we need to expose the numbers in order to see what the true numbers are in the long run. Okay. And to, to kind of, again, today's Concept Wednesday, we're going to go a little deeper than we did yesterday on uh, Tuesday's show for, for this, but let's talk about EV. EV is expected value, and EV is represented as a dollar amount, right? So, so for the average sports better out there, your EV for the average minus 110 bet is negative $5, okay? Half the time, you're going to win 100, and half the time, you're going to lose 110, okay? It's for a $100 bet. So... 
your your EV, your expected value is to lose $5 of that bet, okay? Now, for a winning sports better, the EV is actually positive, but let's that's not for today's show. So for the average sports better out there, you have a negative $5 EV for every minus 110 bet you make. Well, just think about it. Sample size, if you do one game, if you have one bet and that bet wins, you'll win $100. If that bet loses, you will lose $110. So if someone who doesn't understand what you know, what say what EV means. And they go, wait a minute, Tyler, I just lost that bet. I just lost $110. I'd go, yeah, you lost the bet. They'd say, but my expected value is to lose $5. I'm supposed to only lose $5. That's in the long run. In the long run, what mathematically it looks like is every bet you would have placed, you will lose $5 over the long run. That's what that means. Over the short run, anything can happen. Okay. That's why on Twitter, when people have a 10 and 2 run, they want to advertise it, sell a bunch of picks. It's like, look, anyone can have a 10 and 2 run. Anyone can have a 2 and 10 run. It's about doing it over 600 picks because the number 600 is the roughly the agreed upon number for mathematicians on how many games you need to see. Are you a real profitable sports better? So sample size matters. Look, on, think about roulette and blackjack. Okay. If a blackjack table has one bad night, do they close it up? Does a pit boss come over and say, ah, it's a cold table, we're going to shut it down? No, they know over the course of time, they're going to make that money back. They're playing with a, they're playing a game in blackjack, roulette, craps. They're playing a game with rules designed to give them the edge. That's why they don't allow card counting. Card counting can actually flip the edge in our favor. But these games are designed to give them the edge. So they know it's a mathematical certainty. Over the course of time, these sports books will win in the casino. Okay, just like over the course of time, profitable sports bettors will win betting sports. Over the short amount of time, anything can happen. I've had a terrible run my last couple of weeks picking games. So that's not going to continue. Anything can happen over the short run, okay? So EV is important, expected value, but you got to expose that. So if your expected value, if you're an average sports better, your expected value is negative $5 for every bet, okay? You may have won for two years in a row, but that doesn't matter. What we need to see is how do you do over 10 years in a row? Because the average person, it's funny, I was at my sister's, uh, uh, what was it, like a gender reveal party, and her husband's brother, I don't know if he's my cousin-in-law, whatever you want to call him, he was telling me, he's like, hey, because he's heard that I've been kicked out of a few books. He's like, hey, I know you've been kicked out of a few sports books. I'm up $4,000 in DraftKings over two years. I've never had a deposit more than once. They'd never kicked me out. What's going on? And it's like, well, that's, that's, I mean, I don't, you know, you don't want to be an ass or anything like that, but it's like, it's adorable. You know, 4,000 bucks over two years. <laughs> that's, that's nothing. And I don't care about that. As a matter of fact, that's what? A couple hundred bucks a month or 100, 200 bucks a month. They would gladly, DraftKings would gl- gladly pay that in marketing for you to go around, tell your friends, hey, sports bet ZZ, sign up at DraftKings, sign up at Dra- DraftKings, DraftKings, DraftKings. That's worth it for them. They don't care about $4,000. What they care about is someone making a salary, is someone paying their bills and their mortgage with that money. That's what they care about. When you get to that level, then you start being banned, okay? So, that person who won $4,000 over the course of a couple of years, they didn't do that betting 600 games. I guarantee you they didn't do that. It's about volume if you're good. It's about capitalizing on fewer games if you're not profitable. You know, it's just, it's just, I think that the idea of sample size and, and, and you know, it's just lost on people. This is such an important topic 
and it doesn't get vetted out enough. People just assume sample size means something and they run with it. But just keep that in mind. That's the point of what we're going over today and yesterday is that sample size matters a lot and it's generally, generally greatly uh, underestimated. So, all right, that kind of does it for our sample size talk. Let's get to the Yankees. The Yankees lose. Boy, they've been bad lately. Yankees are 2-8 and eight their last 10, 6-14 and 14 their last 20. Uh, what's going on? What is going on with the Yankees? Now, I think that it's 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 not one specific thing. Obviously, their bats have been a little cold lately, and you know when when a team starts to struggle, it is a little contagious. But I don't want to just throw cliches out because that's not what we do here, right? We want to mat. We want to boil down why things are happening. You really get behind uh, these narratives, right? The narrative right now is the Yankees suck. The Yankees are are not playing well. They were hot at the beginning of the season. They've fallen off. Can they bring it back before the end of the year? That's sort of the narrative you're going to get in the national media. Uh, I believe in New York. I mean, I don't follow a whole lot of New York specific like local media. I actually have a lot of listeners in like New York area. You got you New Yorkers, huh? And I'm sure that you're going to be yelling at me a little bit today. But but look, the Yankees. I think that outside of the narrative of they were playing well, now they're playing poorly. There's there's something to be said about the strength of schedule. And I think that's what this all boils down to for, for New York is they were thought to be, I mean, by far the best team, if not one of the best teams, the first half of the season. And now a lot of people seemingly are selling their Yankees stock. So where do I think the Yankees are? I think it's somewhere in between that. I still have the Yankees in my power ratings, fourth overall. So let's not go crazy here. The Yankees are still a very, very good team, if not elite, but it, it, it's you could certainly question the elite status because what we've seen this year with the Yankees, in my opinion, for what they're what we're what we're witnessing, is simply the schedule unfolding. Okay, the Yankees have been beating the hell out of bad teams this year, and they have been exactly 500 against projected playoff teams this year. They are 24 and 24 against teams currently projected to be in the playoffs. Now this is as of. Uh, Thursday or Wednesday the 17th. I'm recording this in the morning, so I know they're playing tonight, but as of right now, they're 24 and 24 against current playoff teams. Now, let's take a look at their first half. I want to focus on New York's first half here for a minute. And what you'll see is a lot of Baltimore's, Detroit's, Boston's. They didn't have a tough first half at all. They had one of the easier first halves, certainly in the American League, but they're backloaded. And I know that seems like an easy explanation or a simple explanation, but sometimes that's all you need. Like, like you don't want to look for all this stuff just because the explanation seems to be too simple. I think this is as easy as a scheduling uh, exploitation. Okay, so first half of the season, they I know they, they went 7-3 against Tampa. They did pretty well against Tampa. Uh, but besides that, I mean, they had 29 series in the first half against 14 teams. Like I said, they played Tampa, they played Toronto, Houston, Minnesota. I mean, you know, some some Houston's a good team, and we'll talk about them in a second. But overwhelmingly, Cincinnati, Boston, Pittsburgh, Oakland, the LA Angels, they played the the Cubs, the White Sox, Texas, Detroit, Kansas City. I just peppered about nine of the bottom 11 teams in the MLB right there in, in that list. Okay, the, the, the Yankees feasted 
on some of the worst teams in baseball the first half of the season. Again, 29 series, 10 of those teams were Cincy, Boston, Pitt, Oakland, the 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 Angels, both Chicago teams, Texas, Detroit, Kansas City. It's not a hard schedule. Okay, obviously they're gonna. It, it's not all bad, right? They they play 29 series against 15 teams. That's a lot of games. They're gonna have some Houston's in in Toronto's and Tampa's in there. We understand that, but overwhelmingly they didn't capitalize too much on those teams. Again, 24 and 24 at this point in the season against playoff teams. So let's look at the second half. Okay, All Star game comes and goes. Second half of the season, the Yankees are currently six and four against non-playoff teams, and two and thirteen against playoff teams. Are you sensing a trend here? Now, are the Yankees that bad? Are they really two and thirteen material against playoff teams? Of course not. So it's a mixture, right? Of course, the bats have gone a little cold. Of course, the schedule is getting a little harder. It's just everything boiling together at once. So as a sports better. What we want to do is buy low, sell high. And early in the year, where the Yankees were rattling off all those wins, coming into every game, minus 320, minus 350, we never bet the Yankees, okay? Now, at this point in the season, where they've won six of their last 20 games, believe it or not, now is actually when we want to start looking at betting on the Yankees. They're not going to keep this up for the rest of the season. They're not going to keep this horrible record up against playoff teams. Again, they're 24 and 24 against playoff teams this year. Well, the second half of the season, they're 2-13. and So that's going to bounce back. They're not that bad of a team. And I think it's somewhere in the middle. They're not as great as everyone thought they were at the beginning of the year. And they're certainly not as bad as some people think they are now. Again, I have them fourth in my power rankings. It's going to come down to how is the pitching at the end of September. That's really what the Yankees are going to come down to. And then, obviously, the power matters. The last couple of playoffs, we've... And, and look, we'll talk more MLB playoffs as, as we get closer to October. But teams who can hit for power, get on base... I mean, the Yankees do a lot well that will translate to the playoffs. Now it's just about getting them to a good position for the playoffs. I believe in that pitching staff. They're going to be healthy, I think, you know, come playoff time. You talk about a loaded, deep bullpen... I wouldn't worry if I were the Yankees. Now you don't want two out of the last ten, you know, two and eight in the last ten, six and fourteen last twenty, but things won't be that bad in New York in a month. I guarantee you things are horrible right now, but this is actually where we want to look to bet on teams like the Yankees. And this seems to get lost in a lot of my podcasts. Or it seems to go over people's head. I don't make a lot of bets that make people comfortable. Because I tend to bet teams who are coming off losing streaks. I tend to fade teams on winning streaks. Do you remember my bet a couple of weeks ago where I faded Baltimore? They had won like 11 or 12 in a row. Somebody actually commented on my Twitter at SBD underscore POD, at SBD underscore pod. Someone commented before the game was played that that was a bad pick. Why? Because Baltimore had won 12 in a row. Now, this is a whole different podcast, but the actual the results shouldn't matter too much, right? If they if Baltimore happened to win that game, the person commenting on my Twitter isn't suddenly a genius. If Baltimore loses that game, which they did, that doesn't suddenly make me some Sven Jolly who can predict the future. What that means is I would trust my process over and over. That's the people who are good at their jobs don't actually specifically focus on the outcome. You know, if you're a surgeon, you're gonna focus on 
every little cut, every little step in the procedure, you don't just focus on the outcome of getting whatever procedure done. It's every little step in the process. And then by the end of it, 99.9 other patients will be good at the end of it, right? If you're a salesman, you don't just worry about, did I make the sale or not? You worry about the process. If you're a good salesman, you're going to make sales over the course of the process, right? It's not about, did that, did I get that sale or not? It's the same thing for being a sports better. I don't sweat over a good hot streak or a bad streak. I don't celebrate hot streaks and I don't sweat losing streaks. It's because I know what's going to happen. Okay. So it's about the process. It's not about the outcome. Like the Baltimore thing, I trusted my my handicapping process to where if Baltimore would have won that game, I don't go, oh my God, that guy on Twitter was right. Should I not bet? It's like, no, I trust my process. And again, Baltimore ended up losing that game. I won my bet. I'm not throwing a parade saying, hey, look, I told you so. It's just one game. Anything could have technically happened in that one game. It's about over and over repeating the process, which kind of brings us back to sample size and why that's so important. Seeing a little full circle on today's show. But for the Yankees... I think the Yankees are a bet-on team, and I'm going to be probably selectively betting them over the next few weeks. You're going to get the Yankees probably as cheap as you will get them all year now through the end of August. And that doesn't mean blindly bet the Yankees every game, but if you spot bet them, I think there's going to be some profitable situations coming up. So, all right, that does it for today's show. Good luck, whatever you have going on today or tonight. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Sports Betting Daily. We'll be right back.